Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Knowledge Panel, episode 12. And we're talking about local SEO in 2021 today. Brought to you in conjunction with inlinks.net, who are sponsoring this event. So thanks very much to them. Without them, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't be on. Uh, however, uh, we're not particularly talking about inlinks at all today. We've got some pretty good experts on today. So I want to pick and bring them up. Greg, why don't you start off? Who are you and where do you come from? I am Greg Gifford. I come from my mother. <laughs> uh, I'm in Dallas, Texas, and I am the vice president of search of Search Lab Digital, and I've been doing local SEO for, I don't know, forever. It seems like forever. 12, 13, 14 years, I lost track. Uh, and Colin, who are you and where do you come from, sir? Yeah, I'm Colin Nielsen. I am uh, living in a city called Newcastle. It's about an hour and a half east of Toronto, Canada. Um, been doing local for 11 years, since 2010. And I'm um, the vice president at Sterling Sky. Um, we're an agency and we, we do, it, it's all local all the time, as Mike Blumenthal would say. And absolutely no way that Newcastle is in Canada. That's just wrong. Uh, <laughs> right. and, uh, I, I have something to say about on, that. We'll talk about it after. All right, let's do that, because that's kind of like a local issue that probably happens all the time. Joyce, <laughs> yes. where are you and where do you come from? So you're going to love this. My uh, town is also named after a city in the UK, I believe. Uh, I'm from Uxbridge, Ontario, Canada. Um, and I'm the owner at Sterling Sky. Uh, so I work with Colin and I've been doing this since uh, 2006. So anything to do with Google and local businesses, including SEO ads, Google My Business, all of that. Excellent. I went to university in Uxbridge. That's a whole new level of, uh, of, 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 of weirdness with local. Excellent. Probably a different Uxbridge. Uh, Jason, where are you and where did you come from? Yes. Hi, everybody. I'm Jason Brown. I'm coming to you live from Pasadena, California, home of the Rose Bowl and Rose Parade. If they ever get out of COVID, we can go back to that. And I've been in local for 15 years now, but for the last five years, been heavily focused on uh Franchise SEO, uh, spam fighting, and, and online review monitoring. So I, I, I got to say, a, a really, really, um, you know, local SEO focused powerhouse. I think uh, on this, which is a good thing because, as I say, I don't know anything about local SEO. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty glad that I've got some, some pretty uh, heavy hitters on, on the show today. Um, we've got, uh, we're coming to you live, I think, on YouTube and uh, probably Facebook. Although we press some buttons a little live. Uh, my producer, David Bain, is going to tell us where we are and where we should be, where you can hear about us. We are indeed. We're broadcasting live everywhere that we should be, which happens to be on the Facebook on the InLinks channel, YouTube on the InLinks channel, and also on the InLinks handle on Twitter. And of course, um, any replays, if you don't manage to catch the whole thing, catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, if you just want to listen to the replay. Excellent. Brilliant. So guys, uh, let's start off with uh, with... We're going to go and move on to, to, to 21 in particular, 2021 in particular. But um, I'll start with the, with the basics, really. Uh, and the basics for me is, is it just about Google Maps? Uh, is local SEO just about Google Maps? Joy, I think you've got some opinions on this. But to me, it's all about Google Maps. Is that right or wrong? I would say wrong. <laughs> so yeah. I think we see Google definitely. Like I'd say Google is where you'd probably want to focus 90% of your efforts. Um, but not just Google My Business. Um, people forget that organic still matters. There's lots of searches that um, organic drives a ton of traffic. Um, so don't leave that out. And then also I'd say like ads, uh, even though it's not under the umbrella of SEO, there's a lot of 
overlap, um, especially now with local service ads, which depend on your Google My Business listing. Um, so you kind of have to have a, a strategy in place that conquers all of them. Oh, so, okay, so so ads overlap. How does that? How does that? How does that work? Can I um, so, elaborate a little bit? Yeah, local service ads uh, are the ones that show up for like realtors, lawyers, um, most home services, and they uh, actually use your Google My Business listing for kind of the core information. So all your reviews, uh, you get to have like a photo on there. Um, There's a totally separate platform, but it's it, because it's using your, your Google My Business listing, there's a lot of overlap. And then it also um, really steals traffic away from some of the other sections. So if you're not paying attention to it, you could be missing out a lot. Okay. I don't know if anyone else wants to jump in on that. I mean, is, 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 uh, is there any other, I'm sorry, does it, sound, it sounds like the Google, my business listing is, is critical for, for um, local SEO. Greg, do you want to jump in? Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, your Google, my business listing is what allows you to show up in Google maps or in the map pack. And most people that don't know much about local SEO, at least understand hey, I want to show up in that map pack where it's the map and the three or now on mobile two results underneath. But one of the things that we always have to work on educating clients about is you can't just think success equals showing up in the map pack because real world location plays into it so much and proximity and how far away the results are from the searcher and what you specified in your search query. And it's, I mean, Darren's done tests, Joy's done tests, a bunch of us have done tests where the the one I really liked the most was Darren did one in London where he did a search for dry cleaners and then walked a block away and did a search for dry cleaners and then walked a block away and did a search for dry cleaners and then did it again. And all four search results were different because his location had changed just by one block. So if you're a dry cleaner in downtown London, you can't say, I want to show up number one in the map pack because you might, depending on your location, but you might be two or three or four or whatever. And businesses always are like, I want to be at the top of the map pack. And that's not necessarily the way to win because like Joyce said, there's the organic stuff. There's the local service ads. There's a lot of other ways to still win in local. Jason, anything to add on there? Yeah, I think the, I think the easiest way to trigger uh, ranking in the yeah, map pack. Thank, thanks for using the secret sign, by the way, Jason. Thank you for using the secret sign. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if you want to you know, rank in the map pack, the easiest way that you can do it is enable uh, location extensions in your GMB. So that way you're setting up your map. So that way you can actually cover an area that you're actually not located in. But yeah, maps is definitely going to, or ads is definitely going to be the biggest uh, benefit you have because Google basically is putting multiple options to place ads. So you have your LSAs up on top. You might actually have regular ads. You might have ads in the local pack. So uh, yeah, you need to focus on your ad strategy, not just your local GMB strategy. But I mean, there's also a bunch of other areas that local actually matters. And that's going to be, you know, like Facebook. So, you know, you want to make sure you get Facebook set up because people are going to, you know, ask for recommendations and want to share businesses. You're going to want to collect reviews there. And when you're looking at your Google My Business, you know, profile, that knowledge panel where it shows all of your information, when you scroll down, you're actually going to see reviews from the web. So there's going to be actually other platforms that your reviews strategy is actually going to take, you know, matter. So that's where you're going to want to make sure that you have a higher rating on what uh, sources Google is showing as part of your business profile. So I'll, I'll come back to, to, to reviews in a little bit if I can, but I just want to stick to stick on that. Uh, the LSA listings or local search ads, I assume that stands for. Uh, and, uh, you know, so is it is it true to say then that you're really going to realistically Google have got it so you're going to have to spend some money uh, to do well on on, uh, on Google for local? 
Colin? Uh, I would disagree with that. Um, okay. we, we definitely have businesses we've worked with over the years um, that have even run into situations where they needed to shut ads off um, because other things were just doing so incredibly well. Um, and you can make an argument that if you, even if you're, you're showing up everywhere organically, um, if you're not also doing ads, well, that's just a place your competitors are going to show up. Um, so that's, that's a valid argument, but no, we, we've definitely had success with like no ads running, um, for sure. Okay. So, uh, okay. So uh, let's move on then and stick with you, Colin. Um, 2021. Um, best practice. You've you've made some notes for us to 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 uh, to kick kick off. Um, what would you say are some of the best practice uh, tips that you've got for 2021? And then if anybody else has come in, Greg doesn't know what the secret sign is, so uh, so he's just going to have to wave his hands. Really how, how did I miss the secret sign thing? You, you turned up late. Sorry to the oh, introduction. So I was stuck on another call. Sorry. Basically, wave your hand if you want to speak, because I don't want to go. You know, colon joy. Jason, Greg, Joel, and Joy, Jason, Craig. If you haven't got yep. anything to say, then I don't need to pull you in. So just, just, just be a little bit more fluid, guys. You know, and we'll be, and we'll be grand. Uh, and tell me when I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to, to, to be the idiot of the call. Uh, but Colin, you've made some notes on best practice 21, so, uh, so we can, you, you can put them out, and we can pull you down. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure I brought this up because I've talked about this a few times this year, and it's definitely worth mentioning again. Um, and this is a theme at Sterling Sky where we're basically training ourselves to watch what Google does and, and not just watch what Google says. Um, and, and this is very applicable in the Google My Business world. You've got your Google My Business guidelines, which have these very explicit, uh, well, it, maybe they're not very explicit, but somewhat explicit instructions. Um, but the way that Google actually acts often contradicts or is outside of what they're saying. Um, so I'm not telling people to break Google's guidelines, but what I'm saying is to be uh, like, put your thinking hat on and, and pay attention to what Google does. Perfect example for this. Um, so if we remember back in 2019, everybody was talking about how Google was going to strip the gold stars um, based on schema from the organic search results. But for the next two years, we, we still saw the, the gold stars appear in the search results when certain types of schema were added. Uh, so, so basically, if you decided to take Google's advice in 2019 and, and stop doing any markup for some of these categories, you, you would have missed out on two years worth of uh, increased click-through rates, activity, uh, getting these gold stars, which they didn't officially kind of turn off till January 2021. So almost two years between what they said and what they actually did. Um, so, so that's an important distinction. I think everybody needs to to kind of think in those terms. Okay, can I just um, come on that? I, I, you know, how do you go about doing that if you're an SEO? If you're if you're you know you're running a business, how do you track what Google does? Because Greg's just said that you know you walk a block down the street and you get a different result. So that's got to be quite tough to do, right? Do you got any tools for doing that? Any suggestions? I'll let some others jump in, but the the two that jump into my mind. So if we're talking about tracking Google changes like say changes to the rules, their guidelines, that kind of thing. Um, I know Joy, for instance, she tracks a bunch of documents with a tool, uh, which she might share. But if we're talking about actual tracking rankings across like a market or something like that, and we're trying to assess how proximity is impacting the business, you want to you want to get on these GeoGrid ranking reports, which um, which we might have time to talk more about. But that's that's the way that you can you can visualize how you rank with proximity at play across an entire market. So GeoGrid reports are essential for that. Okay. I uh, don't mind you uh, talking about brands, by the way. It's fine. You know, so, so I'm, uh, 
it's you know, I haven't got any. Uh, you, 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 can, you can talk about any products if you think they're good. Yeah, you know, then then shout them out. So Places Scout then Places Scout is yeah. awesome for those geogrid reports, and it's cool because let's say you run them whatever your cadence is for running it. Let's say it's once a month or twice a month or whatever. It will automatically stitch those geogrids into an animated GIF. So then you have an animated GIF that shows. And and the way the geogrids work for those of you that don't know is you're it, the you'll enter a keyword and you'll set locations and it will spoof that location. So let's say you've got, uh, you know, a half a mile, every, every half a mile you're running a grid. So it's a 11 this way and 11 this way. So you have that 121 spots and they'll color, they'll give you a number and a color based on where you show up in the pack. So you want to be green. So if you start off and you've got this grid and your business is in the center and there's a little bit of green there over time, if you do good SEO, you'll see that green kind of blossom out and spread. And it's just a really cool effect to see the animated GIF instead of just visually comparing, okay, here's month one, here's month five. Oh, that's better. When you see it grow over time, it's really cool. Jason, you use that as well? Yeah, I, I use I have to use that. I use that for my for my spam fighting and reporting for my clients. But yeah, it's it's really great because when you click on any of those map pins where you're in the yellow and yellow is from four to seven or eight is or red is eight to not ranking at all. But yeah, when you're able to click on that, you're able to see who's actually outranking ahead of you. So you can actually look for, you know, people that are keyword stuffing, or you can look for the lead gen listings and kind of come in and just start, you know, playing whack-a-mole and, and gain a bunch of bad people out there. But yeah, it's 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 the the gold standard of of SEO reporting. I've tried other other platforms and they just don't live up to 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 the level of of results that you really truly need but yeah it's it's the best i, I love it george you, you got any other suggestions as other ranking tools that you use yeah there's two others that i'd throw in the mix um because i think they all do things better uh like certain things better right so they don't all do the same thing so bright local is my go-to for uh algorithm updates because we have that one scanned daily so like any change i can nail down to the date and know okay did this happen because of um, something that Google updated or was it something else? And then also they store uh, screenshots. So screenshots are really key for knowing like some of the stuff that um, Colin was talking about, how we determined that was looking through screenshots and figuring out like when did the gold stars actually get removed. Um, and then White Sparks, the other one that I use mainly because they are the only ones that can separate organic from um, local and most rank checkers, for some reason, they lump the three pack into organic, which is annoying because sometimes you'll have an organic increase or decrease. And you can't actually measure that when you're including the three pack, like you're, you're coming in at position four, position five, when it's really the first organic position. Um, so I, I do like that white spark actually allows you to separate it completely. And as far as I know, they're the only ones that do that. Yeah. And everybody else that, that tracks the map pack in the rank tracker, it only tracks the map pack, which is the top three and white spark goes to the finder page, which goes beyond the top three. So it's more useful information. So basically for local SEO, you kind of need one of these specialist local SEO rank tracking tools really to be for able sure. to yep. do things. So, I mean, are all those tools um, only US and Canada or do they work worldwide? Because I've got a lot of customers in, you know, well, all over the world really. I think they work worldwide. I don't think any of them have limitations. Yeah. Places scout for sure. Right local for sure. Pretty sure White Spark too. Uh, White Spark, I remember talking to those guys uh, years ago, and so presumably they do because I've, you know, I haven't been to Canada for twenty, well, fifteen years, I think, so a long time. So anyway, uh, okay. Uh, so sorry, Colin, you started with one tip there and headed it off, and that was grand. 
I don't know if you had anything else sitting there in your uh, in your box of tricks that you wanted to bring on, or whether that was the the, the real thing that you wanted to people to to pay attention to. Uh, I had one other, um, and I think there's a bunch of things that could fit under this heading, um, but it's like this idea of stepping outside the traditional local SEO agency rule. And I'll give you an example. Uh, so this is something we did very recently, and we've been doing more of over the last, uh, certainly the last year, where we're actually advising businesses on how to select a good business location uh, that'll actually give them like a local search edge, if you will. So we've almost adopted this like local SEO realtor sort of like component to us. And I'll give you an example of, of where this becomes applicable. So service area businesses, um, we know that their ranking is based on their physical address. And more often than not, their their customers, their service area is actually like a different city, one city over, two cities over. And they're never going to show up in that city because they're physically located in another city. So we've put plans together um, you know, to, to help businesses move to where their customers are, um, which has been transforming for certain businesses. Um, the other place where this becomes really applicable is if you look at law firms, in so many markets, you have these addresses where there's like 10 different law firms at the same address. Uh, you know, some of them might be there legitimately, some of them might not be, but either way, it's it's a problem because of the possum filter. Um, so the possum filter comes into play when, um, so if you've got multiple businesses in the same category at the same address, and somebody searches for uh, a service that, that you know, those companies could provide, Google will typically show one of them in the search results, the three-pack, filter out the rest. Big problem. Um, so we've actually gone through some exercises and advised some some law firms, for instance, on, on where would be a better place to move to that we're quite certain will transform your business because you're being impacted by all these other law firms that are at your current address. That's amazing. So physically move your business because of Google Local and it's that that big a deal for, you know, yeah. have, have many of them taken up taking you up on it? or setting up a different office or something? Yeah, well, Joy, um, I I mean, the, we've got a bit of a process, like checklist we put together. Um, Joy could speak, she's done a lot more of these than I have, um, but there's very specific things that we look at that you know a normal real estate agent or a normal business owner would just never think of, but they can be uh, catastrophic if, if you're not aware of these things. Can you, yeah, can you so give us one or two, Joy? Joy? Yeah, we actually just had one that moved at the end of May and it was like a process to convince him to move, but um, I did and uh, he moved and it's crazy. Like I'm going to be releasing all of the information, but I'm waiting a couple months because I didn't want to, you know, put out here's two weeks after he moved. I want to have like, here's the three months after he moved. Um, but so far, basically he's ha he's ranking places that he never ranked before. Um, before he was getting filtered out by this competitor. Now we're seeing him and the competitor both rank together, um, which is generally what I was expecting to happen. Um, so I, I will be releasing in a few few months um, just you know how that impacted things like traffic, ranking, leads, all that stuff. That's that's great. Okay, uh, so uh, that's that's got a bigger stuff than I thought. Right, we're going to move our offices based on on, on local SEO is quite a quite a statement really if that's uh if that's um of value um so uh, jason you i mean can i move on to yext and things like that because yext is supposed to you know manage everybody's local listings for for them and i'm kind of sitting there thinking well surely it's just google my business and it's all one google it's, it's all google so you know having yext out there as a another system that's supposed to do a lot of this stuff for you where is that good? Where is that bad? Um, what else does it do apart from 
the stuff that Google tries to do for you anyway. So I'm sure Google would just love everybody to just do Google and never anything else. But why, why would you... Why would you use a service like Yext? And I'm sure other local listing systems do apply. Yeah, I think if you, well, if you're only focusing on creating and setting up your Google My Business listing, then you've completely failed in the local space. And I've actually seen instances where the minute we turn on Yext services, we're actually able to trigger an autocomplete. So Google has started this new feature where you start typing in the business name that actually starts trying to autocomplete and pull in their address in the search bar. So I've noticed that businesses that don't go and do, you know, the core basic citations, which would be Facebook, Yelp, Bing, Yahoo. Uh, remember, Yelp feeds into Bing and Yahoo and Apple Maps. But just doing those basic core citations, especially once you push them through Yext, then all of a sudden you start seeing that, A, you're getting an autocomplete. And we've actually seen a little bit of a boosting increase uh, ever so slightly just setting up those basic citations. but. Um, I use Yext because I work with, you know, multi-location franchises. So they've got over 400 locations amongst them. And it's so easy to just kind of go in there and do a bunch of updates to listings and let it just push out the, that, that updated data like your hours, right? So I deal with businesses that have seasonality. So they have to update their hours when the, when the weather gets warmer or when the weather gets cold or with COVID having to go in and start closing locations or reopening locations based on the the rollback of of COVID. So doing it through Yext, we can do we can push out a whole bunch of updates instead of having to log into each and every single platform and update each listing one by one. So we're able to do it like you know all a cart like super fast, and the and the data gets updated within minutes. So you don't really have to worry uh, as long as you've got everything synced up correctly. Plus, Yext also brings in uh, reviews as well, so you can actually set up filters so you can be notified when. You get reviews because once you have over 100 listings in your Google My Business uh, dashboard, you lose the ability to get uh, review notifications. So we always use so we use Yext so that way we know when the, the negative reviews are coming in so we can actually have a team go and actually start replying to them individually when they come in. Awesome. Greg, do you, I mean, do you use things like Yext or do you got your own tools or um, how do you uh, manage uh the whole process. We don't really deal with Yext very often. Yext is more a tool that you're going to use when you've got listings at scale because it makes it so much easier to go in, like you said, and, and do things for all your listings. Most of the businesses we work with are, you know, one, two, three, four, ten locations. And so most of them don't use Yext. Uh, when it comes to the citation side of things, they're not as weighted as they used to be. So as long as you're sure that you know, most of the businesses we work with have been around, so they've already got it. So you can go do a check, use a tool like Whitespark or Bright Local, make sure that everything's right that needs to be right. We like to do a, a check of the first two or three pages of search results for a business name search for possible customer touch points where maybe it's a site that you don't think is that important. But if, you know, yellowpages.com has the wrong phone number, then you're going to miss potential customers there. But, you know, we submit to the primary data aggregators so that all the right information gets filtered down to the other sites but you know it's you don't really have to have a tool like yext unless you've got lots and lots of locations i've just been claimed of blamed for having a squeaky chair by the uh by the chat panel of the speakers i apologize uh i'll uh, i'll try and fix that and get my 
get my oil out for next time. <laughs> Sit really still for the rest of the yeah, show. Yeah, I will. I will. Absolutely. Absolutely. I keep on knocking my I, – I move my microphone down to the bottom of my monitor as well for the first time, and I keep on hitting it as I try and grab my notes. So there we go. <clears throat> my uh, producer is going to kill me uh, at some point. And there we go. Speak again. Uh, okay, so um, let's go back to – the fact that we got uh, Newcastle and Uxbridge um, in the mix here, because Joy, you said uh, you said uh, everybody, um, uh, and then somebody's just used my new uh, printer as well, so it's all going off today. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, so uh, you, you talked about websites being important, but of course, Newcastle is in England and Uxbridge is in England, so. How do you differentiate when those kind of things happen? I mean, I know at Inlinks we'll sit there and say, right. If you've got a Wikipedia page, use a schema, and that will define exactly which Uxbridge we're using, which Wikipedia we're using. I don't know if Uxbridge um, in uh, where where you are has a uh, has a Wikipedia page, but that's one way of doing it. But how do you guys um, differentiate, and and how important is it? Yeah, usually like your location is the top thing, right? So when I search for stuff in Uxbridge, the majority of what I get is Uxbridge, Ontario, not not the UK. Where it gets tricky is like I'll search um, the other day, I think it was of Manchester. I was looking up. I think there was a Manchester somewhere in the state and in England and because I was searching from Canada. Google had no idea which one I was looking for. So I did have to add like the state abbreviation onto the end before I get results that, that I was looking for. Um, but I think as long as it's inside your country, they do a pretty good, good job of it. Unless you have situations like Dallas, Oregon and Dallas, Texas, if you're searching in Dallas, Texas, where I am, and you say Dallas, Google's smart enough to say, okay, that's Dallas, Texas. But if I'm not in Dallas, let's say I'm in Colorado or Utah or somewhere kind of in between and you say Dallas, you're going to get a mix because Google's not sure unless you've already specified Dallas, Texas on other searches and then Google's smart enough. But it gets kind of wonky when you've got cities where it's the same city name in multiple states all in the same country. Google's not quite sure what's going on there. Yeah, I, I agree, especially stateside when you're dealing with Pasadena. So you've got Pasadena CA and Pasadena, Texas. And so and I've actually not experienced it to the degree that Greg's had. So I've been in California and I'll type in the Joint Chiropractic Pasadena and all of a sudden I'm getting Pasadena, Texas. And, you know, so Google's like, OK, well, which Pasadena do you truly want, even though I'm, I would be closer to the, the Pasadena location? But, yeah, that's that's where it gets a little trickier. And that's where you got to worry about the auto completes and the auto suggestions and and make sure that, you know, when the knowledge panel is coming up, it's actually the, the correct knowledge panel. And, and that's what we notice that the biggest trick is with dealing with franchises is you have multiple businesses in a location, say, in like Raleigh or in Texas or in Houston, and everybody wants to show up for, you know, the Houston terms. And Google's just kind of like, well, we're going to kind of willy nilly pick and choose who we want to show up. So, OK, I'm going to move on to a slightly different question then. I would talk about franchises in, in particular, Jason, because um if franchises are set up, uh, so Andy's sorry, Andy's got a question in there. Okay, if 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 client uh, if client is using a .com in Canada, um, which many do, uh, from Vancouver, BC, I was saying that you get Washington uh, Washington results too. So there seems to be a, an overlap between uh, between countries there when Washington and Canada and Vancouver are very close to each other as well, which is kind of interesting. So it's more about the geography than it is about the national borders, possibly sometimes, uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, okay, so but but uh, Jason, I wanted to, uh, to to go on and talk a little bit about franchises uh, in particular. If you're a franchise, 
or a franchise owner or a franchisee, you got two strategies, really, I suppose you could go down. The franchisee could either have their own websites or they could just, you know, just plug into the uh, to the to the master franchises website. Which way should they go and why? Uh, yeah, uh, well, <laughs> it's going to be the depends, which I hate to say, but it, <laughs> I would I would push that's, everybody that's banned on this show. That's banned. It depends is banned on this show. <laughs> I know. Well, so if the corporate website is actually performing well, and so they've you know they've optimized properly for for SEO, you know, so they've done the audit, they fixed you know all the technical issues, they got like the best you know content, then then that would be your best model for pushing all your franchises to that website. Now, if the website is lacking, and I've seen some some franchises that have like been really piss poor, and you know so. Um, you know, there, there's like the sandwich shop uh, company or no, uh, Wingstop. So you go to the Wingstop website and they actually don't have the menu. Like, so they don't have, you know, any of their products, any of their information. And so it's severely lacking. So that would be a situation where you'd want to create your own website. But I mean, here's the other thing. When you're doing one website for all the different locations, you can set up micro websites in them so that you'll have your own listing, you know, set up. You can actually build it out with your own information. But if you think about all the links that are coming into this one major corporate website, then you're going to actually have a lot. You're going to actually perform most of the time a lot better than if you were creating your own individual standalone website, because you're not really going to have a, a really robust link building strategy from uh, from what I've, I've seen. And there's been situations where we've killed off individual franchises, individual websites and perform much better. But it's also going to be dependent on on corporate and what corporate allows. Sometimes corporate won't allow people to be on the website. Sometimes they won't allow them to have their own individual website. So you got to actually check with corporate to see with what they actually, you know, specify in your in your contract agreement. Right, and I guess yeah, that's that's going to be a, an important thing. Joy, do you want to come in on that? Yeah. So I was going to say, like, I, I'll say it depends, but it depends on a specific thing. So um, with uh, insurance, we found that. If you're an insurance agent, um, you definitely want to stick with the corporate website because the branded searches are what's driving all the traffic. So when people search for insurance, they search things like Geico, Allstate, State Farm, et cetera. And if let's say you're a Geico agent and you're trying to use your own website, you are not going to rank as high for a term like Geico uh, if you're not on geico.com. I'd say this is also true for like Subway. You know, searches for Subway are probably more important to them than searches for sandwiches. Um, where it's not true that I've seen is more like home services. So I've seen home service brands that the search volume for the brand name is not nearly as high or as important in relation to the non-branded queries. And in those situations, I would say go with your own website. Okay. Uh, anyone, any other opinions there? Um, you know, is it, yeah. is it not a case of worth having everything? Throw no, yeah. There? I mean, there's a, I mean, we'll just call them out. JD Byrider is a franchised used car dealer They've got JD Byrider locations all over. They've got one corporate site, yet they don't allow the individual locations to touch the site at all. The site, like like Jason mentioned earlier, if the site's set up well and proper SEO is done, then it's great. But in this case, it's not set up well. There's no SEO on it. They don't allow anybody to do SEO on it. You can't add any content. There's no locations mentioned whatsoever. It's a location finder page, not individual location pages. The inventory is just a massive inventory. So the individual vehicle pages don't have location information on them. So those guys are forced to kind of go set up 
their own kind of individual sites if they want to show up well, because otherwise you don't compete well against everybody else for used car searches, which is what the general public is searching for. So yeah, it's, I mean, Jason called it, it completely depends on what corporate allows you to do, because if corporate's got it set up great, awesome. If they don't and you can't change it, then you're going to have to go get your own site. Jason, um, let's let's move on then to to, to to spam and local SEO generally. Uh, and, uh, you know, because you're, you're big on spam, as in, you know, trying to stop it, I'm guessing. You know, I'll just go with that, you know, as opposed to trying to grade it. Where does, where does spam get involved in, in, in local SEO? Where, what are the main problems in, in local SEO? Well, uh, the, the main problems in local SEO is Google just does a really poor job of uh, vetting uh, listings that get created. And so, you know, people that are, you know, A, struggling in their markets will start, you know, coming in with, you know, using fake addresses or their friends' addresses or employees' addresses to, to create listings. But because Google puts such a huge emphasis on the name of your business, so they will go and do commercial cleaning Brisbane, commercial cleaning uh, you know, Sydney, you know, and so just having your name set up that way is actually going to propel you over a business that's actually doing things by the book. And then another emphasis that people uh, that Google has that needs to be fixed and changed is putting your keywords into your reviews. And so these, you know, so there's a bunch of people that will go out there and they will create as many fake listings as they want. And they don't just do like, you know, one or two. So they'll do, you know, a hundred in, in, in like a geographical area, or we'll see it where there's like, you know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of legions going all across the United States. We're seeing it in the UK as well. You know, Tim Capper has uh, been trying to clean up uh, the legion space, but basically it's, it's a bunch of, you know, black hat or marketers that want to go out and, um, create listings so that they can make money just selling those leads. And so spam is a huge issue for a lot of markets. And the markets we usually tend to see see the spam in is the locate is the businesses where you're not going to actually go to that physical location. So your main point of contact is going to be a phone call, filling out a form. And so, you know, so you wouldn't go and create, you know, a bunch of lead gen listings for Subway because that wouldn't make sense because people are actually going to come into the subway. But if you are creating a bunch of legion listings for, say, lawyers, because you're going to call them, or for cheap car insurance, or plumbers, painters, roofers, you know, that's where you're going to see it because these are the people that can actually be coming to your house. You're not going to go and visit them. So if you've got like a clogged sink, you're not going to take your sink out and take it to the plumber to go fix it. You're going to call them to come in. And so that's where we see the the most abuse happening with Google. Yeah, that happened to me just recently. I've got a little cottage in, in the depths of Wales in the Snowdonia National Park. So I definitely wanted a local plumber when the plumb plum thing broke. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I did exactly that. Google and uh, I ended up with somebody in Essex, completely the other side of the country. And, of course, they can't find a plumber in Bala in North Wales. There's nobody in the 100 miles. There's only four plumbers. I need those four. There's no point in me going to anyone else. So uh, I can see how that is, is a real pain in the neck, and it was for me. Uh, it was for the, them who guaranteed a plumber within an hour. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so okay right okay i'm gonna finish up with the uh the, the one question uh that uh that i kind of have to do because because greg's here and i'm here and just ask a, a little bit about links um are links important for local seo or not so important and if they are important what's different about links um than the normal website so i'll go with greg because i know he talks about this stuff a lot yeah i mean links are links are very important just like the traditional algorithm it's a really weighted piece 
you you have to get links. The thing is, in local, it's a oh gosh, I could talk about this for hours. In local, it's just a different mindset for links. They work differently in the local algorithm. So you don't have to go for these big, massive links from, you know, The Guardian or CNN or Coca-Cola or whatever. Local links, so links from digital entities in your particular area carry a lot of value and back up that local relevance. So it's it's like... The easiest way to think of it is marketing has kind of come full circle. All the things that businesses used to do to get engagement and to get their name out there in the community before we had the internet, everybody stopped doing once you got a website because it's like, oh, you can find me online. I don't have to do all that stuff. Well, now you got to do all that old school grassroots marketing stuff again because, hey, it gets you back out in the community, but B, it really helps build those local links. So, you know, community involvement, sponsorships, you know, local news, any of those things. And we could get really into it if we want to, but there's a lot of tactics there, but it's all about getting links from local businesses that have a reason to link to you. Jason, you're nodding a lot there. You agree with that? A hundred percent. You know, I deal with, I deal with brands and you notice that like their, their brand searches are just tanking and, you know, and I'm dealing with this one brand that, you know, uh, it, it's a, it's, it's for women, you know, they do uh, eyelash extensions and I'm sitting there and I'm, and I was screaming at them and I was like, why are you guys not getting yourselves involved with breast cancer awareness events? You know, right here, right there in front of your targeted market, you know, start, you know, start doing breast cancer, you know, 25 K walks and, you know, and, and get out there and, and get involved in, you know, areas and events that your target audience is going to be at, but no, they, they relied heavily on, on local searches and they weren't doing that brand building and awareness. So they weren't doing sponsorships. They weren't do, out in the community. They weren't sponsoring events. They, you know, and, and you watch the brand searches just tank while everything else, all the local searches. So eyelashes near me, eyelashes, Houston, eyelashes, Texas, you know, uh, all, all of those keywords, they were, they were killing it on, but when trying to find their brand name, you couldn't, and it was just decreasing. And it was just like, this is where your bread and butter is going to come in is from your, your brand awareness. Guys, uh, we're nearly at time already. So what I'm going to ask you to do, I'm just going to bring, bring David back in in a second, but, uh, but uh, I'm going to ask you to leave with your, your one takeaway tip that you want people to leave with. So just have a think about that whilst I uh, have a chat with David and say, I, I think next time we're talking about, um, uh, managing SEO teams on the 19th of July. Is that correct? Absolutely. 19th uh, of July, 4 p.m. UK time. How do you manage SEO teams? So we've got three great guests for that, that one. Do you want, do you want me to tell uh, the listeners yeah, about you, that? Yeah, you tell, tell me who they are because okay. uh, I can't pronounce two of the names. <laughs> so we've got Ayla Ikeza. Yeah, she's the SEO director at Reflect Digital. We've got Helen Pulitz, the SEO team manager at iTech Media. And we've got Laura Hogan, founder of jellybeanagency.co.uk. So sign up for that one to make sure you're alerted when it, go, when it goes live over at theknowledgepanelshow.com. Okay, and it was only Ayla's surname that I was having trouble pronouncing. I think I could probably have got the other two, but anyway. Uh, guys, um, thank you very much for for coming on before before we go um you know what is your what is your your one last tip and where can people find out uh find find more about you um colin why don't i go with you first i think the number one tip qualitatively speaking is um just keep finding ways to feed your curiosity when you're doing uh any type of local seo work because i i've just found that over the last 11 years, everything kind of good that has come out of um, my career in SEO has been based on that. Um, so whether it's uh, 
you know, you want to go deep on spam fighting or just becoming the best on-site optimizer in the world, whatever it may be, figure out a way to stay like truly genuinely curious about it. Um, and, and that's going to make you super successful. Excellent tip. Joy, want to give one? Yeah. So um, I think as marketers, a lot of times, I think we get stuck behind tools and looking at numbers. So I would encourage people just to actually look at the search results more and more and more. Um, I found a lot of the questions I have get answered once I start studying the search results and the actual like screenshots of search results that we have. Greg, give us one. Uh, the, the big one I've been talking about lately is don't forget about the basics. Uh, as marketers, we all kind of tend to chase shiny objects and Oh, what's this new thing we can do? Or what's this one? What's what's the silver bullet? And I did a presentation at Local U. Uh, a sub tip: if you're into local SEO, Joey wouldn't have said this because it's her thing. But go to lo to the Local U conferences; they're awesome. It's all local all day. It's good stuff. But the presentation I did last time talked about how people tend to go after all these shiny objects and silver bullets. But if you just do the basics, the things that all of us have been talking about for more than ten years at conferences, don't forget just content links in Google My Business, you can get stellar results just by being consistent and putting out good signals in the basic areas and not always trying to chase the next big thing and get awesome results that way. Thanks a lot. That's great. Jason? Stop ignoring your website. So uh, if you want to do well locally, then you need to make sure that your website is properly optimized. So that you want to make sure that your links are working, that your GMB is linking to the correct page that's well optimized for your keywords. Uh, start looking at your website content. Make sure that you are not over-optimizing for a particular keyword. I'm actually seeing a lot of cases where people are keyword stuffing their page. And so, you know, they'll put their keyword, you know, 48 times throughout the body of content. But another keyword that they're only using four times is actually ranking in the map pack. And the, word, and the, the term that's got too much content, you know, too much usage is actually not ranking. So, your website's actually going to be is going to make or break a lot of your local strategy. So focus on your your local website. You know, get somebody that can do can do a comprehensive audit on it to start fixing a lot of your issues. Because also, if people are coming to your website. You're going to want to make sure that you actually can convert and not push them away. Okay, great, Jason. And if they wanted to come to you, where would they come to? Jason, Twitter handle, LinkedIn, somewhere. Where would they go? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Kaiser Holiday. Uh, so I'm on there all the time. Look for. Jason Brown, I think, Bad Axe Thor now or something. Kai, Kai, I used Kaiser to be K-E-Y-S-E-R. Uh, -E -E okay, so. And then Holiday, like a Okay, holiday. I would have spelled that differently, so good thing to know. Right, okay, Greg, where did we find you? Uh, it's super easy. Both LinkedIn and uh, Twitter are just Greg Gifford, all one word, easy. Uh, or Greg at Search Lab Digital if you got questions. I got open email policy. I'll answer you if you got a question, so pop me an email there. Amazing. Joy? Uh, so Twitter, I'm at Joanne Hawkins, uh, Anne with an E, and uh, the local search forum is the forum that we uh, own at Sterling Sky. So I'm always hanging out there. Okay, very useful. We should get on that. Colin? <laughs> Definitely most active on Twitter, uh, at Colin Nielsen. And I always just tell people, uh, my parents did this wonderful job uh, with SEO in mind in 1982, and they named me. So just do a brand search. I own the first two pages <laughs> with my uh, whack spelled name. So lots of good stuff there. Excellent. You and Jason Barnard will be uh, getting on together with his brand SERPs, SEO kind of platform. There you go. 
Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for coming on to the Knowledge Panel today. And uh, thank you very much to anyone in the audience for, for coming on. Uh, if you liked it, please subscribe on whichever Spotify, Apple Podcast, Play, whatever. We're on all of the things. Um, so uh, subscribe and we'll see you next time. Thanks very much, everyone, for coming along today. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for having me.